Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into A to Z Sports primetime on a Tuesday night, not a Sunday night. Got my days mixed up. Either way, I'm proud as always to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, your dream address without the stress is what the Ashton team offers to you. Trust the best team, the team that your favorite teams trust can all be found at GaryAshton.com. Of course, you know that Superbook Sports is your place to get in on the action this football season. No matter what sport you want to wager on, do so in the Superbook Sports app. TrueMav Fitness, a new way to work out, a better way to work out, can be found at TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. Your first workout is free at TrueMavFitness.com. And Two Rivers Ford, where you go for the best car buying experience humanly possible. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at TwoRiversFord.com. So, as we look at the situation for the Tennessee Titans... And as we've talked about a lot of different things, obviously the news that has come out since last we spoke on primetime, if you haven't listened to the radio show, uh, between now and then, Ryan Tannehill is dealing with a significant injury. Now, uh, producer Reed, if we could, uh, producer Reed, if we could um, put the Ryan Tannehill clip back in there that we used, I don't know if that's readily accessible of him talking about his ankle. I don't know that we, maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Do we not use the Ryan Tannehill clip um, from Sunday night talking about his ankle? Well, then don't worry about it. Uh, that's, uh, that is something, um, that is something that uh, would be helpful, but I didn't think about it until just now. Not your fault. That's on me. Either way, Ryan Tannehill was asked about his ankle. Uh, in fact, I asked him about his ankle on Sunday night. I'm going to see if I can't put this in here. Uh, will with relative ease or uh, send it to producer Reed to do so. If uh, Reed, you might be able to throw me an assist here. That would be um, particularly helpful. But Ryan Tannehill talking about the ankle situation um, and kind of getting himself back in, uh, back and ready to go. It's not guaranteed. And if you looked at the injury report today, the injury report today is as bleak as it's ever looked. Trey Reed says, I say we just bite the bullet and let Malik have the rest of the season, let Tannehill rest his ankle and hope for the best by, and by the best, I mean a good draft pick. So you're comfortable checking out for the rest of the season if it means a, a better draft pick as opposed to the postseason. And this is something we're going to talk about tomorrow, like what Titans fans should be rooting for, the idea of a better draft pick or the postseason. At this point, I do think that uh, I do think that there's a legitimate question to be had. Caleb Hubman says Burks is back, though, full participant. Well, he was a yes, that is positive. That is accurate. I would not 
until he's officially back, let's not call him back just yet because he's still in concussion protocol, has not been cleared from the concussion protocol. Uh, remember that Ben Jones was a full participant for a full week at practice and still did not play in the concussion protocol um, in the last game that he missed. By the way, Ben also listed again with a concussion, which is scary type of stuff. Um, I think that uh, I think that for all the for all intents and purposes, you know, yes, you are a better football team with Traylon Burks in the lineup, but you can't you can't lean on that entirely just yet. So let's start with your Two Rivers Ford take here on A to Z Sports Prime Time on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together. Uh, at this point, what percentage chance do you give Ryan Tannehill to play this weekend? You're going to hear from Tom Pelissero in just a moment, right after I remind you that A to Z Sports Prime Time is made possible by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford 2023 model year Fords in stock on the lot right now. Two Rivers Ford will get you in a position to succeed just in time for the holidays uh, with the fast, easy, and fun way that they put you in a uh, in a good spot to purchase your next vehicle or just to go through the car buying process if you're considering your options. There's no better option than Two Rivers Ford. They always sell all new non-specialty Ford vehicles below MSRP. Their award-winning customer service and non-commissioned sales staff will make the process a breeze for you. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what percentage chance do you give Ryan Tannehill of playing on Saturday night? Because this soundbite from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network very much puts his status in doubt at this point. Elsewhere, Ryan Tannehill's status for their game coming up this weekend also in doubt after he re-injured his right ankle this past weekend against the Chargers. Now, Tannehill gutted it out, got carted off, came back into the game. He is as tough as they come. If there's any way Tannehill can be on the field, he's going to be out there. But my understanding is this is an uphill battle for Ryan Tannehill to be ready this weekend, which means rookie Malik Willis, who got his first NFL start a couple months ago against the Texans, could end up starting against Houston again. Finally, in the... So that is uh, that is the situation for Ryan Tannehill right now. Obviously, Mike Vrabel talked about that earlier today. And uh, given the situation for the Tennessee Titans, you know, what's in their best interest at this point? What percentage chance do you give them? Joseph Marshall says 30. John Spain Howard says 10. 5% says uh, Karen O'Keefe. Trey Reed says 75%. But uh, Tannehill would say 100. Juicy J. Blaze, what kind of phony fans root for a better draft pick over making the playoffs? I don't care if they are fielding the water boy and towel boy in the postseason. Any team can win if they are in. And yeah, there's a uh, there's definitely a degree of truth to that, right? Like there's all kind of randomness that happens during the postseason. I think Ryan Tannehill's three interception game was more a product of randomness than it was you know, uh, an indictment of where the player was at the time. I do think that there is a degree of randomness in things like the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl, even though they are a good team and look like an even better team. There's no guarantee that as a better team they'll make the Super Bowl, right? This is uh, this is kind of a this is kind of a it's it's always been the case for the playoffs. There is as much luck as anything involved in this. So 
yeah, I would on on balance say fans of the team should root for the best possible success in that season. Now, organizationally, do I think it's in their best interest to make the playoffs as opposed to trying to get a better draft pick? Um, you know, I think that anything that you can do to better your roster's position is going to go a long way, but there's no guarantee that the health of that is going to maintain, as we've clearly seen. So why not uh, Why not compete for the postseason right away as they're going to be able to do right now? Um, I think that uh, I think that for the Titans, um, for the Titans, Ryan Tannehill is unlikely to play at this point. Now, we'll see what happens, but we talked to Ryan Tannehill in the locker room on Sunday night after they lost to the Chargers about said ankle. Yeah, I didn't think uh, I didn't think that was going to be the case, but uh, you know they, they did some some initial checks and uh, told me it looked okay. It was in my hands and uh, just to see where I was at. So you know, I was in a lot of pain, but um, you know was able to uh, kind of get back out there you, and, and play. You think some people were surprised to see you? Like, what, what did people say when you came back out? Most of the time, guys get carted out. You don't see me yet. Yeah, I think uh, you know I had a lot of support from the guys and in, in, in the. Uh, on the sideline and in the huddle, um, which felt great. Um, but ultimately, we wanted to go go win that game. Obviously, you've been managing it for quite some time at this point. Was there anything different that, you know, having that injury kind of pop back up that you had to do in this game, or has it just basically been the same thing? No, I mean, it's uh, a lot different. You know, <laughs> you're not able to, uh, to, to move the same way, obviously. But, uh, um, you know. The past few weeks had, had been slow improvements, but but improvements, and uh, you know this one this one definitely hurt. So that's Ryan Tannehill talking about his ankle situation. A to Z Sports Prime Time is made possible by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. Your dream address without the stress, the Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. Gary and his team will go above and beyond to make sure that you get your dream address without the stress, that you sell your home for more. That is what Gary and his team, his real estate group, can do for you. They're the best. They're the number one REMAX team in the entire world. That's a real thing, not just in the state, not in the city, not in the country, in the world. GaryAshton.com can get you in a position to succeed. Trust the team that your favorite teams trust. So, um, unless they can be miraculous in the playoffs and we can see the tangibles, I'd rather not go to the postseason, says Hassan Hancock. Um, uh, people said, uh, sit your ass down somewhere and heal at this point. Um, let's see. What could we get for Tannehill in a trade, says Vince Ash Brown. It doesn't matter. You're past the trade deadline and they're still in the middle of a season. So uh, we can have that discussion later on if, in fact, that is something you want to consider. Andrew Riddell says playoffs is a waste in this current state. Well, of course, it's not a waste. Like, that's just stupid to say, right? I'm not saying that you're stupid, Andrew. I'm saying that that's a stupid thing to say. Because playoffs, of course, do matter organizationally. It's additional revenue. You're a If you are currently in the lead for your division, if you win your division, you host at least a home playoff game. If you host at least a home playoff game, you're going to have additional revenue from an additional home game. That goes a great deal. Those things, even if it's not like a playoff game that people are super excited about, there will be traveling fans, whether it's the Ravens or the Bengals 
at this point. There will be those of you who want to attend just because it's a playoff game and there's only so many of those that occur at any point in an NFL season. Of course, it's not a waste for the organization financially. They can pay for a lot of different things with revenue that they make off a playoff game. Now, whether they win a playoff game or not, uh, okay, uh, that's all well and good. I'm not saying that they'll win the game just by nature of playing in the game, but you can't look at this and say, you can't look at this and say that the uh, that the playoffs are a waste. Full stop. It's just uh, it's just a situation where um, it's just a situation where yeah, you have to look at all the different elements of the business. MB says revenue affects Amy, not me. Get the draft pick. Uh, well, maybe so. Um, I, no, I mean not maybe so. That's that's factually accurate. Uh, it does affect Amy, not you. Um, and a draft pick does more directly affect you. But right now, you have no idea who's making the draft picks. So at this point, I think you, I think the uh, what most fans are likely to do, I can't speak for you guys, but I think what most of you are likely to do is focus on um, what is ahead of you. And what is ahead of you currently, unless you blow it, is the postseason. Um, but like I said, that's, not a, that's no sure thing at this point. Somebody asked me earlier about Sammy Watkins. He was signed to the Ravens. Um, all right, Ryan Field says, Bucky opposed to get Sammy Watkins since he got cut today. Yes, I would be. I would have been opposed to get Sammy Watkins. I don't have no, zero interest. Have you watched Sammy Watkins play this year? No, thank you. No, thank you what, whatsoever. It just looks uh, looks like a bad deal. Now, the Ravens are in a similar situation. Ravens don't have a single wide receiver at this point. They put Devin Duvernay on IR and effectively ended his season. So their top wide receiver is 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson. They, it makes sense to go get Sammy Watkins. Uh, you, uh, no, no, no. I just... I just I think that has zero um, zero appeal given what we've seen from him with the Packers. So let's move on and let's talk about the play calling situation in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. How much blame should Mike Vrabel take for the offensive play calls? We will discuss at length. You'll hear from Mike on this very subject matter right after I remind you that primetime is made possible by the wonderful people at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is where you go to get in on the action. They'll match your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose. Superbook.com is the, uh, Superbook.com is where you go for terms and conditions. The best odds boost and promo bets can be found courtesy of Superbook Sports. So download the app today. Go to Superbook.com, as I mentioned, for terms and conditions, gambling problem, Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Let's see. So, how much blame should Mike Rabel take for play calling? Um, Let's see. Matthew Maddox says, have you touched on the Bayard video? What Bayard video? Bayard video. The the one that I took in the locker room? Um, Yeah, I think we did that Sunday, right? I'm pretty sure we used that on Sunday. Uh, Although I did see that the the Jags fans found that video today. It was getting a lot more traction today. Uh, given that Jaguars fans were uh, pouncing on it um, and saying that Trevor Lawrence broke the Titans franchise, which eh, he might have done. He might well do. It's still uh, it's still up in the air at this point, but he does have the ability to kind of you know snap you over his knee a little bit. Um, so if you're talking about the video that I took on Sunday, uh, yes, we did address it and we did play it uh, two days ago. But in the meantime, uh, SCP says not much down and calls the plays. Uh, you, let's see, uh, he's covering for Todd as always says Alan Lathrop, um, uh, Mike Vrabel should take 50, 50 blame. The other should be Todd Downing. William Young says hundred percent of the blame goes to Mike Vrabel because of his stubbornness. 
So when asked about the play calling situation today, Mike Vrabel gave a rather lengthy response. Mike, you said that you evaluate everything and everyone every week. So what's your evaluation of Todd Dunn's play calling from yesterday? Like our, you know, probably like our entire team's effort, not good enough to, to win. You know, um, I'm responsible for every call that goes in, um, whether it gets executed or, you know, it's a good call or a bad call. You know, you have to, you know, look and see times we got into a flow and a rhythm. And I'm just really, really always curious about play calling. You know, I think that that's, again, I've, I've said it in all three phases. I think it's not, not overrated. That's not the question mark is, uh, you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page, that, that we find ways to, to play the game, to, you know, we were, we were close. You know, and there's just some times where we got into drives, another penalty, started to play drives off with, with penalties and getting in third and long. You know, I thought that Malik was was prepared and went in there. It was probably the most comfortable that he's been. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't protect the quarterback again. Um, you know, hit some runs there in the second half that I thought were that were good. You know, you know again, I guess when when Hooper was was wide open, it's a well executed play by by Hooper and, and Ryan and the line. I think the execution and play calling. You know, all go. You know, goes hand in hand. That, that's what I think about the the play calling. So Mike's not going to take Todd out, right? He's uh, he's not going to take Todd out publicly. You know, maybe he has more strident words for Todd privately, but we're never going to get that, right? So when he says he's 100% responsible for every play call that goes in. I mean, he's on the headset. Like, he knows what's being called. He has enough juice to be able to uh, suggest play calls given down and distance. He does not do the actual physical communication from the coach to the quarterback. That is Downing's job. But, you know, there's no question that philosophically it's Mike's offense. Uh, it's the offense that Mike wants to run. I don't know that Todd Downing would run a drastically different offense given the personnel, but if if he was left to his own devices, I have no idea what that would look uh, look like. But what I know is that the offense has looked the exact same for five years. Uh, I think that uh, I think that you're foolish if you don't think that's a Vrabel thing. Um, philosophically, with Derrick Henry on the roster, Mike Vrabel wants to play a certain style of football. They have had a tremendous amount of success with that certain style of football. They're having less success with that style of football right now. Uh, but what Mike believes at his core is that this gives them the best chance to win games. You would have a hard time arguing that given now their ceiling in that offense can certainly be questioned and debated. But the best chance at success week in and week out, yeah, Mike's been right about that. And so hes it's understandable that he would be further entrenched in that position. But I think that uh, I think that as you hear Mike Vrabel, how much blame should he take? I think he should take a considerable amount of blame, um, given that. And does, by the way, as you just heard there, I, I think it's completely uh, reasonable for you to look at the Titans' offense and say, "Yeah, why? Why do I not like the way that this thing looks?" Well, the way that this thing looks is directly predicated by the head coach, and then the offensive coordinator has to work within the system. 
Um, now, whether Todd Downing works well within that system or not, again, can be debated at great length. But the uh, but for the Titans, yeah, philosophically, they look the way that they do because of Mike Vrabel. And that's just that's how it goes. Uh, Dwayne Holiday says Arthur and Lafleur had success. Hmm. Well, Lafleur didn't have success, right? Lafleur didn't make the playoffs. Lafleur had relative success, but the offense, the offense under Downing is significantly better than it was under my, Matt Lafleur. Now, Lafleur had Marcus, right? Lafleur had uh, uh, Lafleur had Marcus Mariota. Who obviously has limitations. Um, if Lafleur had Ryan Tannehill, who's to say that Ryan Tannehill couldn't have performed as well under Matt Lafleur as he did under Arthur Smith? Art did have success, but it took him about half a season to have that success. So I I understand what you what you're doing there, uh, but it's definitely recency bias at this point. Matthew Maddox says Kevin Byard is doubting us. Uh, talking about that video earlier. Yeah, you look like shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> doubting you? Yeah. You look like absolute dog shit. Why? Who shouldn't doubt you right now? You've lost four straight. Doubting you. Doubting us, he says, as if he's more on the team than Kevin Byard. Yes, doubt. You know what? You know what? You you know what the only thing that the Tennessee Titans deserve right now on December the 20th, 2022? They deserve doubt because they don't look like a good football team. They barely look like a football team at this point. Kevin Byard's doubting us? What, are you more in the locker room than Kevin Byard? What is this us? <laughs> that is a that is a laugh out loud funny comment to me. Of course he's doubting you. Of course people are doubting you. Your football team looks inept. Completely inept. All the man is doing is being honest. Thank God. Thank God that he's got that honesty to him. I, I'd rather sit through... A conversation with Byard like that than another one with Vrabel where he's looking around and saying, got to play better, coach better. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> tough shit. It hasn't worked. Oof. Kevin Byard is doubting us. No, he's doubting his circumstance because he understands what's going on. He's more a part of it than you are. He's got a front row seat to this shit. Week in and week out. Four in a row that they've dropped. The first time since Ken Wisenhunt. Well, Ken Wisenhunt wasn't the coach. Mike Malarkey was the coach, but that was the season that Wisenhunt got fired in 2015. But yeah, it's the worst football team that they have fielded since 2015. In 2015, you won three games. So, uh, doubt. Of course, there's doubts. It's what is, there, what is there to be optimistic about with this football team? Uh, did Arthur Smith call plays? I'm out of the loop around the holidays. Well, it's got nothing. That's two years ago. What do you mean out of the loop around the holidays? Yes, Art called plays. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's keep it moving and let's wrap things up with our end of show topic, fair or foul bucks media interviewing Giovanni Bernard. Now, a lot of you guys want Titans media to be, to ask more questions the way that you guys think that you would ask them. And I think that, uh, I think sometimes there can be some, uh, some valid reasons for that. Sometimes I think that you guys don't necessarily understand what it is to work one of these locker room dynamics. So fair or foul, Bucks media interviewing Giovanni Bernard. Um, I think uh, I think that the situation um, is interesting to kind of take a look at how media and football players or media and athletes interact with one another. We'll talk about this together right after I remind you that A to Z Sports Prime Time is made possible by TrueMath Fitness. TrueMath Fitness can help you reach your goals again. The first of the year is coming. Don't wait. Do not wait 
until it's about a New Year's resolution. Make the changes you want to make in your life right now. They will get you started. Your first workout is free at TrueMathFitness.com. As a Middle Tennessee resident, whether you want to take a group class, the personal training, or just work out in their open gym, TrueMath Fitness always makes it enjoyable. You'll never recycle a workout. You'll never repeat a workout. All the different movements and functions, all the different stations that they set up for you. If you're like me and you like the boot camp style classes, I get the most out of those as I know you will as well. So get on your fitness goals today. Go to TrueMathFitness.com to find out about their memberships and your first workout free. So as we look at the circumstance for the, uh, as we look at the circumstance for, you know, tough questions being asked, because Beverly brings up Dennis Daly, right? Uh, and Beverly asks the question about Dennis Daly. Uh, do you think Dennis Daly knows how bad he is and just doesn't care? Well, I'm sure he cares. I don't think he wants to play this poorly. I don't think he wants to be the subject of much, much mockery and um, people ripping him. But I think that, uh, I think that you know, he's probably cognizant of how badly he's struggling right now. Much like Giovanni Bernard is probably cognizant of how much the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are struggling right now. Now, they called a fake punt uh, situation that was botched. And Giovanni Bernard was directly uh, directly involved in the play. So, Bucks Media wants to talk to Gio about the play. Gio doesn't necessarily seem ready to talk about the play with them. And the following interaction ensues. Gio, talking this week. Well, well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us Sorry. to talk to you about all year? Okay. I, I talked to you Tuesday. You, what, just don't, what, just talk, don't say you're not talking. Because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season, too. Can I go to my family that I have outside? And you all can. of a sudden now? Just, just don't say we didn't talk to you we, all year. We just wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened you, there. You were involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate your time. We do. We won't hold you. We we would have talked to you in the season, but also okay, you were injured. Just tell us what occurred on the on the punt. Miscommunication. That's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Did was it a fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, is this something the team hasn't done? practiced? It's this all week? me. All me. That's uh, something that I did wrong, and that's all. So you. Were it was aware? all on me. Yep. Number twenty-five out there. That was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, that it was just a fake? Me. Yeah, I, I messed up. I understand that. But I'm just asking if you knew it was I messed we up. We just didn't know if it was a communication Yeah, breakdown. I messed up. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, yeah, sometimes those things can be awkward. Um, now, I don't necessarily agree with the approach by the media corps. I've been in those situations. Um, but I do think that you know, Gio Bernard needs to do a better job in that spot of being willing to talk about it and not, you know, not, not, uh, I, I get the reporter that I think ruined the interaction. Any, any potential chance for that to be a productive interaction is the person who said, well, what have you done all year for us to talk to you? That's, that's messed up. You don't, that you're trying to have a productive working relationship with these guys and it's already combative, right? They don't, there's nothing good to them about talking to the media. I understand they stand. There is zero benefit to them from talking to the media, unless they have a cause that they're trying to get out or something that they're trying to promote or a charity that they're trying to bring awareness to. Like it really does not benefit them at all. Now. I think that, uh, I think that 
As far as the questions needing to be answered, I think that the athletes do need to be made available that way. They, we should have the opportunity to ask them those questions because you guys, I think, largely want to know about the most impactful plays in the game. I don't agree with the approach that they took there. I have done things that are cringy in you know media settings like that before, so I'm not out here throwing stones without having botched a couple of interactions myself. Um, Chris Harp says, baiting for the hot take. Sad, not baiting for anything. They're trying to get... It's not baiting for anything. See, this is the thing. Like, it's not, I, I don't believe that the at least the three voices that I heard in that clip who were with the Bucks media, um, uh, that anybody was baiting anybody for anything. They were just trying to ask him the question. They were frustrated by the fact that he was walking away. He shouldn't, uh, he shouldn't do that. He should stand there, answer the questions, and get it over and done with, right? Now, they don't need to hound him like that, but they, I think they're well within their rights to continue to ask him about it it's Alex brings up Dennis Daly can you imagine them interviewing Daly well here's the thing like Dennis Daly Dennis Daly gets out of the locker room very very quickly after games like it's tough to catch Dennis Daly to ask him questions um I think Dennis Daly should have to be there to answer questions that are difficult now if he if he gets out uh if he gets out faster than we can find him and get to him then yeah that's a good job out of him I guess but like um I that's it's like the daily thing. Like I think Dennis Daly should have to answer some questions after a game that he plays poorly in. I'm not going to attack him, but he does need to answer those questions. Uh, Trey Reed says reporters and media are the worst, no matter what profession you're in. Well, I just think that's, I think that's just a dog shit opinion. Um, I think I, I really do think that's just a that's a, a, a trash opinion. Not just because that's what I do for a living, but why? Why is that the case? Like, um, some people ruin it for a lot of others. Right. And I think that umbrella circumstances, like me saying, it's like, it's, it's like me coming in here and saying, if I had the position, I don't have this position because I work with too many of them and I know better, but that's like me coming in here and saying all, all athletes are meatheads, just dumb, big, dumb meatheads, right? Oh, talking to athletes are the worst. They're just big, dumb idiots the whole time. No, of course I don't feel that way because I know them and I speak to these guys on a regular basis. I've not had the opportunity to interview many women's athletes in my life, but I imagine it's largely the same. Like each person is unique. Each person has different perspective. Some may be more interesting than others. It's not their fault if they're not interesting or if they don't give you the best quotes. Like Danico Autry. Danico Autry's a badass. Danico Autry's a shit quote. Like I'm not mad at Danico for that, but even though he's not necessarily the most vocal person, he'll sit there and answer our questions and he'll move on with his day. It's not that deep. So yeah, umbrella umbrella policies about media or athletes or whatever the case may be. I just think to apply a blanket statement to an entire profession, I think that's garbage. Um, and it's not just this. It's not just because the uh, the the garbage. Uh, not just because uh, the garbage directly involves the profession that I'm involved in, but because I I just hate that. I hate that as a perspective in any walk of life. You should not cast blanket aspersions about any person, profession, race, creed, sex, religion, whatever. It's just not everybody that does these jobs or has a set of beliefs or whatever is the same. Of course, that's stupid. Um, ABN Texas says, tell us a story about one of my bad interactions. Ooh, I haven't had one in a while. Um, probably the most cringy interaction that I have had is it's probably a Vrabel situation where I was asking Mike, this has been a couple of years ago, but I was asking Mike about injured players that were working out on the third field. So there's three football fields at the practice facility. 
they're stacked up next to each other, right? They work uh, north and south. So from north to south, one football field, two football field, three football fields. And they rotate them throughout the course of the week because they're trying to keep grass on the football fields. They're trying to regrow grass on one after they practice on it the day before, all these different things. And, you know, you guys know how Mike handles the injury stuff. And this was pretty early on in his career. But this was, I think, a Dory Jackson, the situation that kept happening. And I, I was asking Mike, like, hey, Mike, we saw Dory working over on the third field today. Is he getting any closer to return? And Mike just loses his shit about us looking at the third field and all these different things. And it becomes a very uncomfortable interaction. I'm saying, well, I'm not talking about what they did on the field. I'm just saying that they were over on the field. And, of course, you know, not willing to listen to re logic or reason in that particular point. Uh, <laughs> I think... Um, I think that, uh, I think that, um, I've had, I, the first, the first time an athlete ever like, Hey, rookied me was Darren Bates. And this is why DB and I have such a great relationship now, right? It's, it turns into relationships if you handle the relationship correctly, because this is ultimately a relationship business that we work in. But yeah, uh, Darren Bates is the first athlete to, to rough me up in the locker room because I was tweeting about how awful uh awfully loud not awful i like his music actually but his music was entirely too loud it was fucking up or excuse my excuse my speaking of language it was screwing up all my clips all my video clips i couldn't tweet anything that anybody would understand apologies for the language um <laughs> but uh but yeah so one day um the music did, well, actually over the course of two weeks after i tweeted that like the music just kept louder getting getting louder and louder in the locker room because people think this was a a, a Darren Bates and, and Kaharski interaction. No, this was my fault. I was the one that started this, this feud. Um, I, uh, so at some point, you know, we can't get anything done in the locker room because the music's just too loud. And Robbie Boren, who's the head of Titans PR, a uh, lovely man and somebody who makes our lives a lot easier, certainly, and keeps this relationship productive between the media and the players and the coaches. Um, Robbie comes up to me once and says, hey, uh, Bates wants to talk to you. I'm like, what is baseball? I, this is, I was probably, I think this is my first season, maybe my second season. Um, whatever Derek Morgan's last year was, because I remember the video was of Derek Morgan. So probably 18, I think, maybe 17. Um, so I've never talked to Darren Bates in my life before. I don't know what Darren Bates wants to talk to me about. And I go over to Darren Bates' lockers like, hey, uh, Robbie said you wanted to talk to me. This man puts his arm around my shoulder and was like, listen, this is our space, not your space. You have to be respectful about, uh, and not so many words, right? You guys know DB. He's he's speaking <laughs> he's speaking a little more forthright than I am right now. Um, but I he had not he had been told that I had tweeted something about his music that I had not tagged him in, um, and apparently he did not like the connotation that that had, even though he didn't see the tweet. Because I asked him, I was like, "What tweet are you talking about?" It's like, I don't know. Somebody told me you were tweeting shit about the music. Tough shit, you know, it's our locker room, not your locker room. And then we had a come to Jesus moment. And I learned that, you know, I have to be more, I have to be more, uh, I have to be more understanding and respectful of their space because it is their space. It was a good learning moment for me. I took a lot out of that. I think I've had a lot more productive interactions with players because of that. My God, did this turn into a long, uh, a long subject. See, this is what happens when you guys ask me to talk about myself. Uh, just get too self-involved. Respect should be mutual all the time, says Hillbilly Ben. Yeah, but it's it's a hard thing to do. And listen, I get it. Like I get why these dudes don't like media. There's zero benefit that they uh, that they get from from media. But um, like Chris Flint says, remember Bucks behind the scenes interactions. 
with Mariota after the benching. Um, I don't know that everybody's seen that video, but because I had a good relationship with Marcus and I was the last one in the locker room after with Marcus after he got benched, I got one of the I got one of the most transparent interviews with Marcus that I think he had at any point in his four-year stint here. Um, and I was grateful for that. I think Marcus was grateful to be able to have his perspective told in a way that was, you know, that was not, I mean, it was, I was the only one there, so he wasn't getting hounded, but I do think that, uh, I do think that in those kind of moments, that kind of vulnerability and, and ability to have a conversation between athlete media, I do think that is very productive for the fans who want, I think a lot of you guys beyond just like playing, um, I think a lot of you guys want to get to know your favorite players better. Right. And that, those, those, the, that's the only way that we can do it at this point um, with the access that we have to us in the locker or to them in the locker room. Be friend says, Buck, I will be at the game this weekend. Where are you at pregame? Uh, I'm not going outside. I, uh, I, because <laughs> I, I saw, I saw what the weather looked like, be French, and I sent. So normally we would be on a stage. Uh, Blaine Bishop, uh, Titans legend, Mickey Ryan, uh, radio legend, and myself, we are on a stage outside the pro shop doing the pregame show uh, for a couple hours. And I saw the weather this weekend and I texted my boss and I said, I am not sitting outside for two hours in that. Uh, and he said, you know what? That's fair. We'll do the pregame show in studio. So I'm going to be coming over from the studio straight to the game and I will not be outside. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you enjoy the game. Be French. Um, I, uh, and I appreciate that you want to stop by and say hi, if I see you, uh, or if you see me wandering around, um, always, always love to see you guys makes me very happy. And, and I appreciate the way that you, uh, support the show, but I will not be supportive enough to come outside with you because that looks like hell and I refuse. <laughs> I just, no, thank you at this point. Um, you should go on Bates podcast as Charlie B. It would be wonderful. I did. I did raw room. I did raw. We, we actually talked about this on the raw room. It was a lot of fun. I, it was some point, some point this summer. Uh, I think you could go back and find the episode. We actually talked a, a, a lot of, a lot of different behind the scenes, like Titan stuff, particularly from that 19 playoff run. I really enjoyed the conversation with, uh, with him and Alex, um, that we did with Bates and Alex. So you can go check out in the raw room feed. Like I said, it was a couple months ago. Um, I know they had, I know they had Tehran uh, on as well. I'm sure T I haven't heard TD's episode, but I'm sure it would be good. Uh, I, uh, I think that uh, I think that for executive decision, game day morning will be outside in the robe now. Like hell, Reed, are you nuts? No, I game day morning will not be outside. Um, I may still be in the robe, but no, I will. Uh, I will not. There will be no. Uh, there will be no. Uh, there will be no outdoors situations for me come this Saturday in uh, in Nissan Stadium. Randy Howard says, come on, Buck, put the old sweatsuit on, get some high steps in. I will, I will step from my car into the press box and then from the press box back out to my car. That will be the only outdoor time that I spend at this game on Saturday. The rest of the time I'm going to be hiding in the media lounge with my coffee and uh, coffee and giant pretzels. <laughs> that's the only thing that's edible at the Nissan Stadium press box. That's not true. They actually do a lot better job with the food than they used to. Charlie says, I love your show. Uh, well, I don't know about better than Austin. Uh, the other, well, the other guy, I don't know who, who is more on the morning show at this point. Is it Zach or is it Sam? Um, cause I know they're basically split in time at this point, but no, the shows are different. You can, you can like some things about 
their show that you don't like about this show. You can like some things about this show that you don't like about their show, right? It's just, it's uh, we, we like to offer you different things. And obviously there's a difference between two people talking amongst themselves and me just hanging out here with you guys for 45 minutes to an hour, chopping it up. It's a little better. Uh, it's uh, it's just a better dynamic for me anyway. Um, so at this point, that's going to do it for us this evening. Uh, we will, uh, we will have a great conversation with you on the radio show tomorrow. Um, I think it's, it's either going to be, <clears throat> excuse me. It's either going to be Roger McCreary on the radio show or, uh, or Malik Willis. I asked for Malik. I don't know if they're going to give me Malik. Um, they have to give me a player every week. Uh, but well, they don't have to, they are decent enough to give me a player every week. I asked for Malik. They said, would you take Roger as a backup? I said, yes, I would take Roger as a backup because obviously that was a batshit crazy interception. Honestly, I, I, a part of me now wishes that I would have asked for McCreary and Kalu together, although it would be on the phone and that that would be kind of messy. Anyway, it's going to do it for us tonight. See you on the radio show tomorrow at 10. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Primetime, if I don't catch you tomorrow on the radio at 10 a.m., primetime gets started just after 8 o'clock. See you guys. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It ain't warm when she goes away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away